I, howdly doodly. This, <laughs> this is hypothetically speaking. <laughs> one of the, one of the, yeah, it's hypothetically dutically speaking. This is one of the rootin' tootin'est shows on Blaze Radio. My name is Vaughn Jones, and I, I don't know what just happened. Uh, my name is Kirsten Derman, and you can catch us on Blaze Radio every Wednesday at high noon. I'm Gideon Karayuki, and what was that, Vaughn? Yeehaw. Nicole isn't here with us today, um, but if you want to hear her, you can listen to our podcast where she's on the bonus features for this week. Isn't that also, really every, smart? Yes. Also, it's every Tuesday, I believe. My bad. Time isn't yeah, really every, Yeah. Today's Monday. Tomorrow is airing. It's Tuesday. Happy yeah. Tuesday. Uh, but today, Monday, isn't this a genius transition? It's International Women's Day today. Um, so be kind and show love to the women in your life every day. But today, especially, do if you are a man, do not bother them with your petulant nonsense uh, on International Women's Day. Let them thrive. Um, and yeah, and also I think it's a bummer that, uh, the fantasy suite episode of the bachelor airs on international women's day. It feels, uh, reductive. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk about the news. Um, we should probably talk about Kirsten cinema. This one's my story. Um, Arizona got yet another Twitter main character last week to add on to literally all the Twitter main characters we get. We had Doug Ducey. We had the hot dog with the mask parachute. We had uh, the shaman guy with the horns. Um, we've got a lot. Um, so this is uh, this the today or a couple of days ago's Twitter main character, Kirsten Cinema. She voted no on the fifteen dollar minimum wage amendment to the COVID nineteen relief bill. Um, there was an active political theater um, video showed her trying to get Mitch McConnell's attention um, and failing to do so before triumphantly throwing the thumbs down um, to vote on the the amendment. Um, this is drawn comparison to former Senator John McCain's thumbs down on repealing Obamacare in 2018. Both senators went against the usual party line vote and got uh, mixed reactions from both sides here. Um, Cinema's reasoning on voting no here uh, because she did platform, uh, she campaigned with this issue on her platform. Um, she says, this is not how we should pass these important laws. They should be their own bills and not amendments to the relief bill. And she wants the Senate to have a long debate about the minimum wage separately from the relief bill and she plans to keep working with both parties to bring that to the floor. Um, a spokesperson for cinema called the critique sexist, citing commentary on a woman's body language, clothing, and physical demeanor not being necessary to critique, critique her stances on policy. Um, I personally don't think it has much to do with gender, more about political theater, as I mentioned before. Um, the internet does what it always did, uh, and it dug up old tweets of her advocating for wage raises and is now ratioing every tweet with a cartoon picture of her throwing the thumbs down with a mask that says F the poor. Um, the bill would not have passed even with her vote. It lost 58 to, or the amendment rather, would not have passed even with her vote. It lost 58 to 42. But the way she did it and the fact that she ran with it on her platform is what has people upset. Um, I will break the mold and say one good thing about Kirsten Cinema. Um, she managed to tack on uh, something that she worked on, the restaurant relief amendment um, for the COVID-19 relief bill. It success successfully passed through the Senate um, attached to that bill, and it will provide debt forgiveness to local restaurants to prevent more community institutions from closing around the country. This is a good thing. Uh, by and large, uh, restaurants are good. Local restaurants that are not chains are good. Um, so thank you for working on that, Kirsten. I know you're getting a lot of flack lately. So thanks for that one. Yeah, I think it's an interesting 
situation I do agree in terms of I think it is a lot of political theater but I do in a way hope that this brings about some more conversation about what a woman wears doesn't or shouldn't um, impact how seriously you take her and what she has to say yeah being yeah. evaluated on your looks is exhausting <laughs> Yeah, I'll agree with everything Kirsten said. Uh, I really do want to say uh, no more main characters from Arizona. Society has progressed past the need for main characters from Arizona. I, I'm I'm tired of it. I've literally, so Vaughn and I both grew up here. We can both tell you we have literally spent our most of our lifetime just watching main characters come out of this state, and it's always always embarrassing yeah and not it's never fun. good um but i do agree that the the critique of especially her outfit is what certainly bugged me um obviously you can't critique the policy choice but it doesn't matter what she was wearing when she made the choice she was wearing professional attire as was everybody else in the room so it really doesn't matter you know i i think it's silly um personally uh, that's that's superfluous um but as i mentioned like trying to get mitch mcconnell's attention and be like hey look at this i'm about to do the thumbs down just was what what rubbed people the wrong way kind of a a, a bummer um and the 15 dollars minimum wage as as long as you know she makes up for it and and brings it back to the attention as she promised i think that's really what's going to please her constituents is if she actually does back up what she said and try and bring a lengthy conversation to the senate and try and get um, the the minimum wage increased as, as she continues to campaign on it. Also, full disclosure, Gideon and Vaughn are both also main characters from Arizona. So j just so the listeners know, full disclosure, we have to say I'm, it. I'm, I'm guilty of it. I listen to music while I skateboard. I eat alone. I'm a main character. It happens to the best of us. I don't know what you're talking about, Kirsten, but I do want to say really quickly, um, where was I going? Oh, um, I do want to say some local criticism of it, uh, of cinema's move among a uh, lot of liberals down here. There was actually some serious pushback from liberal and progressives locally based in Arizona. And I think that is actually far more substantive than, you know, uh, the, the Twitter crowd generally. And part of it was in her you know explainer statement on twitter about what, the move she made uh, voting down the amendment she said that she was a strong supporter of prop 206 in 2016 which was the minimum wage increase to which the very person who campaigned for it thomas robles from lucha a local advocacy group said no you did not do not lie about this like you sat on the sidelines. And by the way, to note, every other federal Democrat elected from the state at the time supported it and openly endorsed it, except Kirsten Cinema. So yeah, Robles was pretty mad about it. And he's not somebody I would want to be on the wrong, the wrong side of if I were a Democrat wanting to be elected from this state. I, I say, you know, there's a million angles to look at it. And like, basically, if she doesn't keep promises, that makes it bad. That's generally not keeping promises is not a good look for politicians, especially since she is up for re-election um, in 2022, IIRC. So 
She's not okay. Never mind. I'm wrong. Twenty four. Twenty four. Uh, okay. Kelly's up in twenty two. Okay, so we've got three years to forget about this, I guess. Um, <laughs> let's uh, Gideon, you've got this next story, which is a fun one. Um, for those of us who are hashtag built different. Yes, if you're hashtag built different and lucky enough to have gotten your vaccine already, I got some good news from you from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention. So anyways, the CDC finally released guidelines on vaccinated people after such a long wait. So they came out on Monday, which is when we're recording this episode, according to the Associated Press. So the guidelines, to briefly summarize them are, if you're vaccinated, you can gather unmasked, no social distancing with other vaccinated people indoors. Completely fine, according to the CDC. You can even do the same with low-risk unvaccinated people from a single household. Yeah, so if you're vaccinated, you can, in fact, meet unmasked with people from a single household indoors, as long as, once again, they're low-risk um, unvaccinated people. Um, however, the recommendations still do include mask wearing at large gatherings, still encourage public distancing in public. And uh, if you are vaccinated, you're urged to get testing if COVID symptoms do show up. So just to note, about 31 million people or 9% of the total U.S. population has already been fully vaccinated, including one of our own, uh, Vaughn Jones, <laughs> sitting right here. And... I should also say that some critics in the public health field say that these uh, guidelines are too cautious as it does not change recommendations on travel or even touch that at all and does not address restaurants and similar public spaces. So this is actually not very surprising. This was widely expected considering how other vaccines for other diseases work. But yes, this is some good news from very traditionally very cautious people like these and in fact these guidelines are arguably still very 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 erring on the side of caution yeah i, I think it, it's good news to hear especially as the united states really ramps up its vaccination effort it seems like every day i see a new tweet that's like the united states has vaccinated a record you know 2.6 million people today and it, it seems like they're breaking records every single day as more vaccines come in especially with johnson and johnson being approved um to clarify uh i was vaccinated because i am an live in asu employee um i there's you know a lot of people that debate whether you should feel guilty about skipping the line or not um but i would rather get one and rather see the people around me get one than see them go to waste so that is, in fact, why I am hashtag built different now. Um, but uh, I, I think um, this is great news. Um, and the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, especially being distributed to pharmacies, um, will make it a lot easier for people without internet access and people who are confused by the internet, i.e. people over 70, um, to get their vaccines if they haven't been vaccinated yet. Um, I'm also confused by the internet sometimes, but not enough that I can't get the vaccine. <laughs> Aren't we all at, at times just the internet? Um, and that's the hot take of this week. In other medical news, we've got a pretty, a pretty fun Zoom goof. We've had Lawyer Cat, and now we have, I, I haven't come up with a name for this one, but I want to hear what you guys come up with after hearing this story. So... Last week, plastic surgeon Scott Green came to what the Sacramento Bee has called his traffic trial, probably a traffic infraction from what I can tell, but 
he came to that call live from his operating room. So Green himself appeared in his scrubs and his patient was just out of view. And according to Green, there was also another surgeon in the room, but this really surprised the other people on the call. You could hear the medical equipment going in the background, apparently. Um, there was all kind of surgery ambiance, if you will. And this is pretty much how it went down. So the courtroom clerk says, hello, Mr. Green are you available for trial? It kind of looks like you're in the operating room right now, question mark. And Green in return says, yes, I'm in the operating room right now. I'm available for trial, go right ahead. They did not go right ahead. Uh, Green was given a new court date for later this month. And in addition to that, this was not only a recorded Zoom call, but also was live streamed to YouTube. <laughs> um, the Medical Board of California said in a statement the next day that it would investigate what happened here and cited its expectation for physicians to follow the standard of care when treating their patients. And now I need to know, do you guys have any like lawyer cat style tags for, for Mr. Scott Green here? <laughs> I don't, um, but I, I thought it was really funny how it sounded like you were setting up for like a really good punchline where you're like, so the courtroom clerk says, <laughs> and then the doctor says, and it sounded very funny. I, thought oh, I should have said something along the lines of, ah, this is a really cutting edge proceeding here. Yeah, I, I, I would say that joke would have been pretty entertaining and speaking of entertainment oh oh wow oh man this is why we're one of the rootin tootin shootinest shows on blaze radio um entertainment news um friendship with wandavision ended um falcon and winter soldier is my new best friend um marvel's wandavision series is over after nine episodes i haven't watched it yet but it seems like it's pretty good um, Falcon and Winter Soldier comes out episodically, similarly to WandaVision starting March 19th. I promise I'll watch WandaVision. I said when I have a free week, I'll get like the free trial of Disney Plus and just binge it in an entire week. And I'll just do that for every series after it's over, making fake emails. If you're Disney and you are looking at my internship application, uh, no, I did not just it's say that. Hypothetically, of course. Hypothetically, if I were to do that, that's what I would do. Um, Loki starts in May. Uh, what if starts over the summer? Um, Disney and Marvel domination continues. Can I please have new Spider-Man yeah. now? I want the new. Give me the new Spider-Man. <laughs> I want the Spider-Man. Please. I'm so excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I have to give credit to my best friend Joelle. She said this, and I completely agree. We want. We want the new Captain America. We want Sam to stare into someone's face and say, I'm Captain America now, deal with it. He said so either exactly that or something very similar in the comics. And I want people to stop complaining about him being Captain America. He's the perfect fit for it. Please sit down and be quiet. Um, also on the note of the last WandaVision episode, I've seen the series in its entirety, and I think they needed more episodes than just nine. It felt a lot like the writing of Endgame in that it was rushed and kind of underwhelming. I'm sad about that. I'm sad that the 
series is over and I am also almost certain that most people who have seen it would agree with me but I haven't checked <laughs> so I've been avoiding spoilers it seems interesting and like I don't know just to talk about like how Marvel tries its best to have like emotional moments in everything near the end of series. And like with Endgame, it feels more earned because like, especially if you've been watching Iron Man and I don't care about spoiling Endgame. If you haven't seen it by this point, it's a conscious choice not to have seen it. Um, but if you're like, you know, you've been watching since the original Iron Man or like picked up the series and watched all of them, then like at the end of the movie, when Iron Man dies, you're like, wow, this feels earned. And like when Captain America gives his shield over to Falcon, it's like this feels earned because I've been watching since Captain America, the original, the first Avenger, as it were. Um, and so like with WandaVision, you can't have an earned emotional moments in a nine episode series unless you're the Queen's Gambit. You can't have earned emotional moments in a nine episode series. It's just not how it works. Even if you were previously invested in the characters, which I think they did this strategically because Wanda and Vision are probably two of the least investment worthy characters in the entire series I think I don't know it just seems like a little I don't know because I feel like more people like the Winter Soldier and Falcon than more people like you know Vision and I Scarlet will push Witch. back so... on that a little bit and say th this series really made me look back on their moments together before and say hmm so they really did fit together. They really do make sense as a couple. And I think watching this series really made me feel for Wanda a lot more than I did before. And I, I still did because it's sad objectively, but yeah, definitely watch it. It felt nonsensical when they came together, but I guess this gives you a nice retrospective. Yeah, so I'll exactly. have to watch it. Um, I have this next story as well. Um, uh, people are mad about cartoons and puppets and books. Um, so six out of a large catalog of Dr. Seuss books have been, now been removed from print. Uh, they're not being burnt. I don't know why people, when talking about cancel culture, are so quick to Nazi comparisons, but they're not being burnt. Um, they're just being removed from print. Um, because of racist imagery, Pepe Le Pew is not in the new Space Jam due to a complex look at the implications of literally his only character trait, um, because he is a cartoon and he doesn't have very many. Um, and the original Muppets has a warning placed in front of it now due to its episode, uh, in its episodes due to a potential depiction of racist imagery as well. Um, there's the whole potato head thing as well. Um, and people care about these things now after not caring about them for a long time, simply because there were warnings put in front of it. Um, and the main argument for people is like, why get offended? You're choosing to be offended. Uh, and then they choose to get offended over warnings of racist imagery and removal of print. And it's not like Dr. Seuss is no longer in the, in the public lexicon. Oh, the places you'll go will always be the stereotypical high school graduation gift. Like, it's not like these things are being taken away from us. Um, it's just silly, in my humble opinion, um, to get so worked up over these things when the intention of this kind of thing is to make sure that children don't get used to racist imagery because racism is ingrained in society and the best things that we can do uh, is slowly try and take it out in very simple things. And I literally have not, 
I, I don't think I ever, I owned a lot of Dr. Seuss books, but I don't think I ever owned any of the six that are being removed from print. I, I don't think they're popular books. You know, when you think of Dr. Seuss, you think of Green Eggs and Ham and Oh, the Places You'll Go and Horton Hears a Who, and none of those are out of the rotation now. I just think personally, it's silly. Um, and uh, stop virtue signaling. I'm just so devastated that my favorite Looney Tune, Pepe Le Pew, you know, the one yeah. that everybody Whose favorite Looney Tune the, is Pepe Le Pew? The, the one that everyone thinks of when they think of Looney Tunes, the, the skunk, you know? <laughs> That's such a bummer. Um, oh yeah, I also forgot, speaking of Space Jam, um, some young gentleman's favorite Looney Tune, uh, Lola Bunny, had her character design changed, and people are mad about that too. Um, they literally just stop stopped showing it. her furry little midriff, and people kind of fit. I wish. <laughs> I, I wish the worst thing that happened to me two days ago is that they removed the the sexual imagery from and the cartoon do, bunny. I wish that was the worst thing that happened to me two days ago. And in my opinion, they didn't even like completely, all they did was not show her midriff anymore and give her spandex under her shorts. Yeah, and they literally, I mean, like, the only major design changes they made. If, you, if you've right. watched the W, if you watch the WNBA, like, it's not like women's basketball players wear, like, sports bras and short shorts when they play basketball. They're wearing jerseys, and that's what it looks like. Uh, it's silly. Yeah, Space Jam is, people are mad about Space Jam this week, you guys. It's just a movie about basketball and cartoons. <laughs> Um, and LeBron James will finally win a Bugs Bunny championship instead of a Mickey Mouse championship. Anyway, um, please, Gideon, talk to us about the Royal interview. Yeah, I'm going to say really quickly, that's like uh, what my cousins would call uh, hashtag first world problems. Uh, that, uh, yeah, anyways, onward to even further first world problems. Uh, yes, yeah, so some, uh, I can't believe that, uh, we were talking about this, and I'm talking about this of all people, but here we are. Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle had an interview um, uh, with Oprah on CBS that aired yesterday. I thought Oprah retired. Anyway, She's just out here doing whatever she wants. Good for Oprah. Yeah, good for her. No, really. Yeah, so... They interviewed, uh, this is the first interview that um, the, that these now former British royals have done since relinquishing their official titles. Um, I'm just gonna go, come out and just treat this with the, with the serious, with some of these things, with some of the seriousness it deserves. Let's talk about the actual substantive, really serious stuff before I get snarky though. Um, Anyways, uh, Meghan Markle was saying she experienced suicidal thoughts and realized the royals would not protect her, um, which is really, really uh, not great. Um, and also, in slightly better news for Meghan Markle, she is expecting a second child, uh, a girl. So uh, congratulations to her. Anyways, now I'm getting into the snarky stuff. Um, <laughs> Prince Harry said he and his family were trapped in an oppressive institution. And all I have to say to that comment is, apparently the colonizers are awfully racist. Who would have known? Um, and- I'm stunned. I'm shocked even. Yeah, yeah, wow. the, the, yeah, the 
the colonizers are a bunch of racists. And yes, I'm calling them freaking colonizers. Like, come on, folks, the British Empire was a thing not that long ago. You, I have relatives who lived under that oppressive regime of the British Empire. Come on, guys. Anyways, and why I'm saying that horribly snarky comment, apart from uh, Prince Harry's uh, real fun comment there, is apparently an unnamed royal, and they refuse to name this person, but Meghan Markle and Prince Harry both referenced it that an unnamed royal was concerned about how dark their son Archie's skin color was going to be. Ah. So, yes, ah, that is. No. You know, you would like to think that she's concerned about that because, oh, we need to make sure that all his, tragic. his baby clothes match his undertones or something, you know? Like, I want to say Maybe something benign, I, but you just know it I, isn't. You just know it. I was talking about I was talking about before we started recording. I was like, man, I watched the All-Star game. I should have watched the the royal interview. But if I had that happen, if I watched that and heard that on a Sunday night, my week would have been ruined. Uh-huh. Ruined if I had heard that. And now my week is ruined now, later than it would have been. Mm. Marginal improvements, you know. <laughs> yeah, I had a good few hours. But- I, I I slept soundly last night uh-huh. and now I will not. <laughs> Yeah, summer child. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry to ruin your innocence, innocence, Vaughn. Uh, this week, I just saw that on. I just logged on to Twitter last night and saw people live tweeting it, and I, I was like, I'm not watching this. Or I will start screaming, like literally screaming at my TV if I were to watch it because, yikes. And anyways, oh, one last note I didn't say. I did write this down. Um that Meghan Markle did say that the royals themselves are pretty nice, but the people behind the institution are awful. And I really want everyone here that's listening to really think about the implications of that really takes a, take a couple minutes to think about that. There's implications there. Absolutely. There are. And Gideon, my one comment would be to kind of wrap this up. Your first mistake in this process was logging onto Twitter and not immediately going straight to the hypothetically speaking account and and staying there. We're the only we're the only good account. One of the best accounts on twitter.com. Um but I honestly I just I saw it on my feed last night and I'm going to have to watch it it's in, in its entirety um just so I can see what's up. Uh but not before I watch Batch tonight. Hashtag Batch Nation. Um but um I I just I don't know, man. I, I, I'm I'm surprised that this interview like went off. I, I'm very because the royal family seems to have control over a lot of things. Um, so I'm surprised that this interview kind of went off, but they can't they can't stop us across the pond here. Um it was really funny. I saw a screenshot of uh trending in Massachusetts, Great Britain, uh last night on Twitter. Uh and Great Britain was trending in Massachusetts, which is generally not a good sign for Great Britain. Uh so good luck. Um, (laughs) anyway, to wrap, uh, let's talk about sports, baby. Let's talk about, um, you and me. Um, the NBA all-star game happened. Um, team LeBron won all four quarters. Basically how it worked is the, the good way to end a basketball game is called the Elam ending. Um, and each, the, the score of the first three quarters is added up. Um, and the fourth quarter is whoever's winning plus 15. Um, so it ends mercifully. 
um, if it's uh, instead of being like a 30 point blowout for 12 minutes. Um, but they did it scored by quarters because the team that won each quarter would get to donate to their specific college fund. And Team LeBron won all four quarters uh, and thus got a large amount of money to the Thurgood Marshall College Fund for students at, uh, attending HBCUs, which are historically black colleges and universities. Um, the whole all-star game uh, and the surrounding activities were done to benefit HBCUs. There is a rendition of Lift Every Voice and Sing uh, last night that I thought was really beautiful. Um, uh, every winner of every competition, the, the money that they won benefited HBCUs in some way. It was very cool. Um, However, it didn't come without a cost as both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers uh, were getting haircuts before the game, uh, you know, to look hashtag fresh to death. Uh, and then they got exposed to COVID-19, so they couldn't play in the game. Uh, they haven't tested positive yet. That news hasn't come back. Um, but there was news that um, those who participated in the game, whether it be referees, coaches, players, um, all came back negative after the game. Uh, so that's good, at least that it wasn't the large spread event that it was anticipated. Um, DeMontis Sabonis won the skills challenge. Steph Curry won the three-point contest in absurd fashion, as he always does. And Anthony Simons won the dunk contest. And speaking of dunk contest winners, Blake Griffin, uh, former slam dunk champion who hasn't dunked since 2019, uh, signs with the Brooklyn Nets uh, after taking a hefty buyout from the Detroit Pistons. If Blake Griffin starts dunking again, I will call the league office. Um, if he was just dogging it in Detroit, I will be very upset. Um, this, uh, basketball, more basketball. All I wrote about today was basketball. The Suns are good still. Um, they won 16 of 19 going into the all-star break and they beat the Lakers after Devin Booker's silly, silly, silly objection, uh, ejection rather. Uh, and they stomped on an injured warriors team. They have a top two record heading into the all-star break for the first time since 2007. I just don't know what to do anymore man like i've been i've been invested in this team for so long and they haven't been to the playoffs since i was 11 um and i just like they've sucked just so like since i came to college just so triumphantly have been awful like really bad and now i feel like i haven't earned this but i totally did after like really watching just some really terrible basketball for years uh so i'm very happy about that um, and also college basketball tournaments are starting uh, for uh, specific conferences. This is March. Uh, ASU will not win the Pac-12 tournament. They lost by 39 points to the Utah Utes on Saturday. This team stinks. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. They stink. For so uh, The only non-cursed ASU team, because ASU baseball also just had two pitchers require Tommy John surgery that will end their seasons, is ASU softball, who's only lost one game in like their first 20. Um, and they're so good. And they're probably going to make some serious noise um, when they enter conference play and potentially the softball playoff. So knock on wood, go ASU softball. Maybe, maybe, maybe make my senior year worth it in from the athletic perspective. Um, and that's all I have. Uh, thanks for letting me talk for like three minutes about sports. Yeah. I miss Nicole. Nicole, I miss, yeah. I miss my sports. Sorry, partner. all and I can do is go woo sports and, yeah. and then nod and smile, you know, I, I miss my sports partner, uh, Nicole come back. Um, but that's all we have for you today. Um, this has been yet another rootin' tootin' sarsaparilla drinking um wild west episode <laughs> i don't know why i went with that theming today of You're hypothetically right. speaking um i guess it's because arizona truly is the wild west um from the wild west i've <laughs> yeehaw i've been von jones <laughs> that's kirsten darman yee yee
And I've been getting karaoke. Oh my. If you're listening to our podcast, uh, listen to the bonus features. If you're listening to this on Blaze Radio, thanks for listening on Blaze Radio and BlazeRadioOnline.com. And check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Yeehaw!